0: Today's reading is from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 13. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, "'You should not be surprised at my saying, "'You must be born again.' "'The wind blows wherever it pleases. "'You hear its sound, but you cannot tell "'where it comes from or where it is going. "'So it is with everyone born of the Spirit.' "'How can this be?' Nicodemus asked. "'You are Israel's teacher,' said Jesus. "'And, and do you not understand these things?' "'Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know,' and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Thanks, this is the word of the Lord.
1: Dilemmas. Make for a great story, don't they? Um, the tension created by, by kind of two characters, or sorry, one character facing two opposing choices. It's one of the, the basic building blocks of, of a great drama. Um, what does a hero do? What will the consequences be? Um, it's most powerful when the stakes are high. I was trying to think of a good example. I didn't come up with one, but maybe you can imagine one in your own head, something that you've seen, a film or a story or a book that you've read recently where a hero has faced some dilemma. In fact, why don't we just take a moment, turn to the person next to you. So it's not a test, uh, but it's an opportunity to say hello. Um, and and, and can, you, can you think of any particular situations where you can think of a hero having a, facing a dilemma? Um, just take a moment, take a couple of minutes to turn to the person next to you and say hello. Um, and you can talk about dilemmas. Um, uh, Okay any any good um, any good dilemmas that people can remember heroes facing dilemmas shout them out any lord of the rings dilemmas oh yeah like the the, the yeah the yeah good one lord of the rings anyone else The third Matrix film. I'd never got, I I really enjoyed the first one. The second one, I was disappointed. I don't think I ever watched the third one. I need to go back to it. He has to choose choose whether to give up his life. Okay. Oh, spoilers. No, no, no. It's fine. It's like 20 years old, isn't it? It's fine. Okay. Anything else? Any other stories? Dilemmas? No? All right. Well, that's fine. Um, So we are. um, just finishing this sort of summer series where we've been looking at various different encounters with jesus and um this character of nicodemus that we're, we're looking at today is pretty unique in the gospels um, because as a, as a pharisee he was a member of the the jewish ruling council nicodemus was a key part of the influential religious leadership which opposed jesus and eventually were the ones who plotted to have him crucified but in john 3 we find Nicodemus drawn to Jesus, and perhaps arguably right on the verge of becoming his disciple, sort of agonizing over, recognizing Jesus as, as this Messiah that they've all been waiting for and hoping for, or holding the party line. And he's wrestling over whether he can maybe even bridge those two camps, or what it would mean for him to cross right over and join Jesus' growing band of followers. Um, even considering those ideas is a hugely uh, risky thing for him to be doing, given his background. So he comes to Jesus at night, famously. Remember, no streetlights, no electric lights at all. Night was dark, and it offered secrecy. Rabbi, says Nicodemus, I haven't got any slides this week. Um, uh, uh, so, um, but there are Bibles around you if you want to look it up. It's John chapter 3. Um, and Ritesh will shout out a page number in a moment when he's found it. It's a little test, like, uh, I should have done this before. But see if you can beat Ritesh. There you go. John John 3. Um, and uh, it's on page something. 1,000 and... Matthew, Mark, Luke, John... <laughs> 1025? 1065. Okay, well done. You get um, a, a packet of Haribo at the end, Anna. Congratulations. Three years of theological education. No, it's fine. Just, just, just. Um, Rabbi, says Nicodemus, verse 2. Rabbi, it just means teacher. Nicodemus himself is one. We know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So Nicodemus is is recognizing Jesus as a peer, um, as one of them. Uh, He's a religious leader, but he's got this clear anointing and power which could only come from heaven. That's Nicodemus' conclusion. It's quite a compliment from a man of his status uh, to say that about Jesus. But Jesus shrugs it off. He goes straight for the jugular. Verse three: "Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again, or born from above." Is another way of translating that. So here's the thing: so being a Pharisee was all about birth. It was a it was a family thing. Right back in the Old Testament, um, the, the the role of the priests fell to a particular tribe of Israel, the Levites. And this connection between bloodline and position was passed right down through to the religious leaders of Jesus' time. And it's uh, clear from Nicodemus' response that he's taking Jesus' challenge literally, or at least he's playing it that way. Surely someone can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born, he says, verse 4. And even if he realizes Jesus isn't speaking Literally, Nicodemus is coming at this from a kind of an earthly point of view, sort of an earthly family perspective, which is is huge, because he's come to uh, Jesus looking to build bridges, and Jesus is saying, well, you need to start again. You need to be born again into a whole other family. A family is everything that Nicodemus has. It's the basis for everything that he is. To his understanding, this is like Jesus saying, as he does to another man later on, leave everything, leave everything and follow me. Now, we don't carry that same perspective as Nicodemus. We, we get, of course, that Jesus was not talking about a literal second physical birth. But this idea of being born again does kind of carry some sort of baggage in our world today. Um, to some... That phrase is, is linked to a key moment in their lives when they decided to follow Jesus or, or first recognized him as Lord and stepped into a new life that comes uh, through trusting in his death on a cross to save us. For others, it has connotations of, sort of certain types of Christians, usually of the dangerously radical sorts, you know. Um, but we are. Um, unlikely to feel undermined in our sense of self by the idea of being born again because we live in a a culture where birth and family of origin isn't really such uh, an important part of our our identity or considered in that way. Um, I was actually born in the USA. Um, my, My father was a research scientist in the University of Miami. Um, I was only there for four weeks before my family moved back to Cambridge. It was June uh, 1981, if you remember what that was like. We went from 35 degrees on Miami Beach to snow in June in Cambridge um, in East Anglia. Maybe uh, some of you were there to remember that. But, but despite being born there, I've never really considered myself American in any, in any way. I was alarmed to discover a few years ago that the American authorities might have a different take on that. Um, But it's all okay, apparently. We're good. Um, And in fact, we live in an era, um, whether you think it's for good or ill, where we are encouraged to self-define. You know, birth uh, and family and biology mean very little. Your authentic self is whoever you choose it to be. So it's hard for us to relate To how radical a proposition this was to nicodemus in fact being born again you could argue would be a metaphor that would fit quite well with the mainstream ideology today except of course jesus was talking about something completely different here he wasn't talking about biology or family or place of origin he was talking about a spiritual reality he was talking about a new spiritual birth starting again spiritually despite what the the pharisees and in fact israel general in general were looking for rescue from the oppressive roman occupiers and restoration of the kingdom of israel jesus was talking about a different sort of kingdom a spiritual kingdom a new spiritual birth into a new spiritual kingdom and what jesus talked about as the kingdom of god or the kingdom of heaven is not something that maps onto a physical territory or onto national boundaries. It's an ongoing, growing, insurgent movement of his disciples that would transcend national and ethnic boundaries, people of every tongue, tribe, and nation, which it very quickly became. A community of people living as foreigners in their host cultures. Doing life in the way of Jesus, their first allegiance to him. A kingdom of light and life and love in a world of darkness and death and disconnection. You know, this idea of Israel as a nation was idolized by the religious leaders like Nicodemus. But God had something bigger in mind. Jesus wanted people to stop putting their hope in earthly structures, nations and institutions And to be born into a different kind of family a new kingdom with a new hope a new purpose and i wonder what that it is that we put our hope in today maybe it's not a national ideal although you know a referendum was arguably carried out and won on that basis just a few years ago in this country but does anyone really believe that the answer to all our problems lies in a more clearly Define national identity or borders. It's more likely that we put our hope in political ideology. That's more likely to be the idol today than religious ideology. And please don't hear me wrong. It's really important that Christians are engaged in politics and carry a really strong vocation in bringing Jesus' kingdom uh, to bear through their party. But a red government or a blue one or a yellow one or even a green one will not solve all our problems all that our hearts most long for will not be achieved by the right the right election results or even the right end to a war or conflict the problem is a human heart the rest is just symptoms so Jesus offers a new heart a new birth into a new family a family that lives in that kind of tension of the now but not yet the unfinished story of Jesus' victory over sin and death and evil and suffering working in the light of his salvation to see his kingdom invade our broken world in a thousand ways both big and small that's what it means to be born again by water and the spirit that's what the new birth of baptism symbolizes and it's good news for us today it's good news for us in eternity so what can we take from this as our summer holiday comes towards an end as we prepare for a new term and a new year at least in the academic sense september always feels like the new year to me i guess it's because i've always worked in education one way or another um but yeah a new year so in john 3 Nicodemus faces this dilemma in coming to Jesus. Um, Even though Jesus scolds him for not understanding what he's talking about at first, I think he gets the message in the end. And he realizes that he's he's got this choice before him. And we don't know that much more about Nicodemus. We don't know how close he got to following Jesus. But we we see him again in, in John chapter 19, following Jesus' crucifixion, assisting Joseph of Arimathea, uh, um, uh, a secret disciple of Jesus, in preparing Jesus' body for burial. So it was clear that he honored him and expressed his worship for him in that way in the end. And I think that the invitation for us is to recognize that we stand at a crossroads, as we do arguably every day, but particularly at times like this, at turning points in the year. And we face a choice or a dilemma, if you like, to follow, to choose to follow, to step into this new life with Jesus, or to live according to the world. To recommit, or perhaps even commit for the first time to this new birth into a new family, serving that kingdom of of light and life and love. To be born again by water and the Spirit, to sit back sort of keep your feet dry I've been reminded again I think before I went away I spoke about you know the sea and playing in the sea we've had a lovely week in France playing in the sea Um, but uh, you know wherever you are you step into the sea at first there's this slight sense of oh this is cold (laughs) isn't it and actually what we what we found on the particular beach we were on is that you step into the sea and there's quite a lot of shells and crabs and bits and bobs when you first step into the sea you know what I mean? It's kind of where the, the waves were breaking. And actually, you have to go a bit deeper than that to find that actually that stuff stops and then you just get out onto the sand. So that, that step in, I don't know if that's a helpful pitch for us this morning. Maybe I'm just still yearning slightly after the summer holiday that we've been on. But that, um, that sense of stepping, making that step into the water can be an uncomfortable one. And the initial impression could be like, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> what am I doing here? But actually... I think there's an encouragement in that picture. Just keep going. Go a bit deeper, and you'll find the sand, you'll find the sea, and the, the fun in the sea. You know, maybe you can remember the moment you were born again, so to speak. That's you know great. Hold on to that with thanks. I think I read somewhere in, in some research that about one in three Christians knows the moment. One in three new Christians knows that moment. They they can identify. They'll tell you the day that they gave their life to Jesus for the first time. You know, take a moment to remember that today. Maybe renew your commitment today. Can I invite you to do that? Maybe you can't um, pinpoint a particular day or moment when that happened. But somebody once once said, the important thing is life. In life, is not the moment of your birth. It's the fact that you are alive today. <laughs> Why not take a moment this day ahead of this season to come as we stand on this kind of threshold to step once again into the water step once again onto the path of jesus to walk with him choose to walk with him in this next season it's all about him at the end of the day it's all about who he is it's all about his love his wisdom his guidance his promise his hope his purposes his kingdom let's choose to uh, follow him once again today